Welcome to the halfway point, all of you pop culture fans, and welcome to another episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me halfway through this year of 2023 is Drew Douglas. We're so close to the month of October, which really just, you know, makes me so happy. I'm so excited for October, and I've been actually annoying my wife. That's so. Does she really hate? I didn't realize she that she like she hates that I keep bringing it up. She's <laughs> like, "Why are you not living in the moment?" And I'm like, "I can't control myself." Uh, you know, that's what we live for around here. And once we hit that peak, because that really is like the peak of the year for us around here, and especially for like movies. But it's also just like you can open up the doors and you just you you have this. It just feels like the movie Halloween. Like, it feels like there could be a masked serial killer just loft in. <laughs> and I always tell her, you know, I and this, ah, oh man, I don't even know if I should say this oh. because we'll watch something like Scream and I will say something along the lines of, I wish something like this would happen here. <laughs> like, like, we are on a lockdown because there's a some sort of slasher going around killing kids. But what if it comes out that they're also like these horror movie buffs and they that's like part of the story and they make it such a big deal and they're like updating as this progresses what they're doing in real time as well like those that are in that situation and they're like yeah like just to prepare we ended up watching these movies and we threw a rager of a party last night at Stu's place or something like that. <laughs> Don't you think it'd be exciting if you like lived in Woodsboro? Have we talked about this on the screen? Yeah. Screencast? No. No, but not so not that. At least I don't remember. However, I have thought, what if you ended up living in Hanfield? And it's like, but which I was gonna ask you, you, would you prefer to live in Wood live in Woodsboro and all that's going on and has that history hmm. or Haddonfield? with that history because I for sure would rather live in Haddonfield because it's just so much better. Not so much better, but I just, I like it. That setting. I mean, definitely like Haddonfield, I feel like we can relate to more being from the Midwest. And since Carpenter, even though that's the weird thing, even though it's set in, you know, the Midwest and Illinois, and it's supposed to be like that quintessential American heartland. It was, it was shot in California, but it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel. There, there are stretches when they're on like a highway. Yeah. And you see something in the background. You're like, there's that does not look like Illinois in any right. way. Right. But um, we don't need to get in on that tangent of oh. looking too far ahead. Because we're going to talk about June, which is insanely packed with content. Uh, just the list of movies, I, I pulled that up while we were getting set up, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I knew there were a lot of movies, but my goodness, every single week, there's something. You could argue it's not, like, big, but, like, every single weekend, there is something coming out. Music, TV, movies. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I've ever had so much stuff I I left obviously quite a bit off the list, and we'll I guess share that at the end. But I, this is the craziest. I'm seriously the craziest amount of st- stuff we've ever had. Yeah, and it'll ninety percent of it'll probably be complete garbage. <laughs> but no, actually, I think a lot of this is going to end up being really 
really good. I hope so. I hope this is like the rejuvenation, the point that we've been waiting for after the pandemic. Because honestly, I feel, well, I say after the pandemic, but after 2020, because it feels like this is the moment that we're finally hitting the stride with releasing things. And then we get shut down by the writer's strike and all of the strikes that are happening. So get ready to enjoy it while it lasts because we're getting ready to suffer another major setback. Now, I say there's such a vast variety of things. My list is the most obvious three choices you could have. <laughs> but I I don't know. Sometimes it's just easier to talk about. Uh, yes, and I was going to just say, I'm the same way in terms of my list. There, I almost branched out, but... We'll bring that up later. You at one point said you were considering three music picks. Yeah. And I'm assuming you did not do that? I did not. Ooh. I switched it up big time because, well, I feel like hitting that pick with Matchbox 20 uh, and Where the Light Goes, their album that came out in May, I'm good with that. And I felt like we were both able to talk about it, and I'll shelve the other three but I did not do that for this, this time around. Well, you'll, you'll have to tell me what you picked. Because I have, I don't want to spoil it, I have seven albums that didn't make the list that I'm excited for. Goodness. Seven that I know about. And there's always one that somehow slips through. Yeah. But my numero three, my obvious number three pick, I don't know if it will be, the supernatural horror movie The Boogeyman, which I just found out, 10 minutes ago, it was rated PG-13. Not that that matters. It just surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Hits theaters June 2nd, and it's based on a Stephen King short story that was released way back in 1973. It's a short story I've never read. I really don't know much about this because I've avoided the trailers. I know it involves some sort of evil entity that's terrorizing a family, and that's it. That's all I know. Early reviews are pretty good. It's in, I think, the upper 60s, 70s. Um, I guess this was actually a Hulu movie and that got bumped to theaters because of pe- uh, positive test screenings. So that's intriguing. And then you just can never have too much Stephen King content. And oh yeah, I do like that they're digging a little deeper in the King Vault because we are so frequently using really obvious or you know really popular stuff and this is something that was released 40 years ago and it's a short story so we'll see what they can turn into um or how they you know turn this into the movie yeah that i am too happy that we're digging deeper and not just going for what we've seen however um like salem's lot it'd be nice to get that eventually oh yeah yeah, what's going on? I bet they dumped that on Max. Yeah. It goes against everything that they've been preaching. But when we haven't heard a single thing about that in what seems like a year, I they're going to dump that thing. Yeah. I'm worried about that, which sucks. But It's crazy because like two years ago, they, they at like uh, a CinemaCon or something, they, they had a trailer for it. And I kept reading how people were like going yeah. nuts about how good it looked. And then it's just like pulled the release dates changed like numerous times and then it's just completely i mean i don't know i don't know if they'll backgirl it and just dump it and never release it who knows but that is 
truly baffling. At least we've got the boogeyman for now. And we'll have more we'll have more adaptations, but at least this is something that I'm glad we're getting and we're here for any kind of Stephen King release, but at least we're getting this. And I'm okay with that. So my number three is not a scary movie. However, it is getting scary reviews so far. And originally, I decided, I'm like, I'm going to go for something different. May put an album, might put a TV show in this place. But no, I bumped my number three pick down below it. And instead, I decided, I got to go with this because I'm feeling nostalgia. And I just want him to find happiness. And that's Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This movie is getting ripped apart after debuting at the Cannes Film Festival where Disney thought, you know what, we'll be able to make good headlines, but instead they were quite the opposite. And I have to say, I found something out while listening to an interview with Harrison Ford, and I wish I didn't know that. But I also think it better prepared me for the movie because... I had told one of our coworkers, well, uh, one of our mutual friends about this, and he was—he actually got really depressed after hearing what I told him. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm Is serious. it a plot point? Like, what's going on? Uh, it's more of a characteristic, and it affects the story. And it's one of those that I've been looking forward to this. In the trailers, I thought there are some sketchy things, like we talked about the iffiness of the graphics every now and again the cg looks a little eh but Mm -hmm. at the same time there's something about the indiana jones theme song and whenever you like get that blasting and you get a harrison ford in action it's just there's something about the series that i relate to is like being like having fun watching this but it was one of those that i could watch with my family even temple of doom when they're ripping hearts out of people's chests and they're still beating I could still watch that with my family, and we watched that with a grin on our face. But it was like, <laughs> nonetheless, <laughs> which is such a, if you think back, like looking back on that, it's like, what in the world? Anyways. Yeah, what were we watching? Yeah, I know. You know, weirdly, when I think of Indiana Jones, my memories go to Temple of Doom. Me too. And I could I could argue that out that is my second favorite Indiana Jones ahead of Raiders of the Lost Ark. For the longest time... I actually would say that was my favorite movie because early on I didn't realize this, but early on I was like catching vibes of like horror. I just you know we're all about horror here. We love we love everything scary and spooky. There was something about that that was truly terrifying, and even though that was terrifying, it was super interesting, and that supernatural element to me, which is that just stood out. It made Indy and his story and his his like crew crusade not to with the pun intended for the last crusade but him like in his adventures that just made it more fascinating to me but um i love the first three movies and honestly i have not watched crystal skull in a long time but i'm gonna rewatch all four of those movies leading up to this and i'm actually looking forward to it that's not bad i think the first the first half of Crystal Skull, I think, is actually pretty good. And then it kind of... It peters out. I don't say nose dives, but yeah, it kind of it kind of tinkers out. I still like that. It's my yeah. least favorite, but I don't hate it. Yeah, and so that's where, like, I, I, didn't, I don't remember, like, flat out hating it. I remember thinking, okay, it's not good. 
But, I mean, comparing it to the other three, the other three are just masterpieces. So it's something about the plot point, like I said. It's more of a characteristic, but it affects the plot um, that I'm like, I'm glad that I found out, and I'm not going to say unless you want me to, but... um, Mm, I have an idea because of what you've said. Okay. I don't want to say it, though. Okay, well, I won't. I'll stop there, but Hmm. uh, nonetheless... This movie originally wasn't on my list. I'm like, I got to put it on my list. It just there. Indie is too good yeah. to leave off. And that's my number three. I'm shocked. The reviews aren't good. I've I've really liked the trailers I've seen. I think it looks like it captures the spirit of those, you know, the OG yeah. movies. And I'll, I'll walk in with some hesitation because of the mixed reviews. But I know, like you mentioned, when that John Williams score hits... I'm going to have a huge grin on my face. Yeah. I'm going to be sucking down a massive tub of popcorn. <laughs> and I'm going to find the largest Mountain Dew I can buy. And I'm going to, I think, enjoy it for what, however long it is, two and a half hours. I can't wait for this movie. Yeah. Well, uh, And it's got, it's got our boy Toby Jones in it, too. Oh, we, man. We joke. I believe it. But we kind of <laughs> joke that he's, he's got a massive dog. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, he is good the, to be Toby. He is the father, right, of uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge's character. Um, so he's he's obviously he's he's obviously out there uh, enjoying his life. So um, yeah, there's one time I just I texted you and I said I just can't stop thinking about Toby J hanging D and <laughs> the new ending. I do wonder if Disney's going to regret showing this. Basically two months early, you know, they because they had to have been super, super confident that people were going to lose it and love it. Yeah, right. And obviously that's not the case. And that could. I don't know, kill the box office to some degree. I also read today for the first time, this movie costs three hundred million dollars to make. (laughs) That's one of the highest like it's one of the most expensive movies ever made. So it's going to take a fast. Oh, gosh. It's going to take so much for that to recoup anything, but it is the last one, so maybe they don't care. Mm. And it also makes me wonder, did they, is like the de-aging thing expensive and is he going to be de-aged way more than we think? Who knows? I've really kind of avoided reading too much about this. Now I can't stop thinking about what you said. Yeah, I I will say that um, the, I am, yeah, there's, there's something that, Everything we've seen, it feels to capture the spirit. But after hearing the interviews, I'm like, I I feel like that could affect the mood in the beginning, and I hope it changes. But I still have hope for this. And honestly, I was going to say the John Williams score for Indiana Jones might be my favorite score of all time. Like, it just, it's, it's, I just love the music in Indiana Jones. It's just, there's something so swashbuckling and reminiscent of like uh heroic uh western but yet it's on the front that's globe trotting and i don't know it just captures the mood of so many things and i'm i'm ready for this i and i love the fact that it's coming out june 30th it's at the very end of the month so we've got all month to get ready and prepare for this yeah john williams is a legend um, I was listening to him. I listen to a lot of composers, and 
I went on a huge John Williams binge a couple weeks ago, and it is, it's incredible, incredible the amount of iconic scores that one man yeah. has made. Like it was just like constantly a new one. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot he did this one, and it's everything is just incredible. You know, one uh, one album or album one um, soundtrack that I've gone back and I've listened to, and returned to it a lot. Is what John Murphy did for Guardians Volume Three. Ooh, I did a little bit, but not too much. I just keep returning to that. I, there was something about what he did that kind of surprised me. And we're both John Murphy fans, but that's that's so good. Anyways, it's, it's no Johnny W. Oh, <laughs> I, it's hard. I mean, he he truly is like he he's like number one for yeah. I, I really love Hans Zimmer, though. I would almost argue that John Williams has done better things, but when mm. Zimmer's on, like, mm, I listen to him, I think, more than anyone else. Yeah. But they're two two people, two very talented men making music. Yeah. And I'm just like, how do you come up with any of these melodies? Especially when you're John Williams and you're like 78 or something. <laughs> how are you still composing new music yeah like, i don't understand how a mind like that works it's i mean honestly i think what keeps him going is just going period you know yeah. i know it sounds stupid to say but just the fact that he's constantly in motion and that creativity i think once he stops and he takes a he's, break he's gonna be done so he's he's a he's like in life well i mean like his yeah. life will end in, in, in terms of like creativity because he's like i don't have any uh ambitions to stop and i think he'll just keep going but i think once you do stop and you like take that break didn't he stop i thought he retired like three times now, he though. did but it's just like i think it's hard for him to like truly stop composing yeah so once he's done if he's if he once he shelves it i feel like if he were to walk away and just say all right i'm gonna take a huge sabbatical after that i think he's like all right creatively i'm spent i'm done but then i mean i think if he i think if he did that he'd He's a goner. Well, that's the same, and I hate to bring this up, but I think the same with Stephen King after his accident. And was it 2000, at least in the early 2000s? So whenever he was hit and almost killed by that driver, he ended up, I mean, there was a big fear of, like, is Stephen King going to come back? Is he going to ride? I remember that and fearing it myself. But then he just kept doing it. And I know that's one thing that he's always preached is, like, just keep riding. Even if it's crap, keep riding, keep churning it out. And you'll be able to whittle that down and craft something truly magical. And I think same way with John Williams, it's the same as King, where it just keeps composing to come up with other stuff. And um, that keeps him fresh, creatively speaking. This one, this one, I'm going to dedicate my number two pick to John Williams. And it's one that I really struggled with because I kind of narrowed it down between two superhero movies. But I'm going to give the nod, and this... This might be a little controversial. I'm, I'm going to give the nod to The Flash. Ooh. It comes out June 16th in movie theaters. And we have Barry Allen, The Flash, traveling back in time to stop the murder of his mama. And things go haywire. Uh, we don't need to go into the behind-the-scenes journey of this movie because it's just been, it's been absolute nuts. chaos for a decade between getting the movie made and then all the stuff with Ezra Miller but I'm, I'm excited that Flash is finally getting his own movie. Yeah. I love this character. 
Um, I'm excited to see Ben Affleck as Batman one last time. Keaton coming back is kind of fun. Supergirl looks like she could be really dope. And then we'll see how this transitions into whatever James Gunn is making with his new DC universe. The hype for this is incredibly high. We've had what seems like a number of celebrities vocally uh, being very vocal about how great this movie is, which is raising red flags. <laughs> yeah, they've done they've done a million screenings, and every time they have a screening, people are like, "This is amazing." And then there's been several people literally saying this is the greatest superhero movie they have ever seen. Including that includes. David Zaslow, yeah. who obviously has a lot to gain from this doing well. <laughs> yeah. And James Gunn, who has a lot to gain, but also doesn't because he's restarting it. Right. Those are that's a bold statement. And I don't know if I believe the hype. Do you at all believe the hype? Yes and no. I do think that there is that that it's good. Uh that people are loving it. I think it's of slap fabrication in terms of they're just overhyping it. I think they're doing that in terms of saying this is so good. It's like, all right, this is a good meal, but is it like the best? It's a good DCU movie, which so far they've been mixed. Yeah. And I'm a huge defender of like, I love Man of Steel. I think the ultimate cut or whatever of Batman v Superman, I still love that one, but... As a whole, this has been a train wreck (laughs) for this universe. This still looks awesome, though. I mean, there's trailers of this that I've watched a hundred times because it looks dope. And I know Affleck's only going to be in this for like five minutes, but he looks badass as Batman. And it's a shame we'll never get his solo movie. Yeah. But it is time to restart this whole universe. And um, I hope this is good. I just hope it's fun. And I'm so interested to see how this turns out. Yeah, I'm I mean, I am expecting the movie to to like be a a pretty solid movie all around. It sounds weird because like I don't know. And we were talking about this before recording, but with all of the behind the scenes drama, it's I feel so torn about this movie because it does look good and hearing all the praise for it gets me excited. I mean, Stephen King yeah. tweeted out and that is the craziest thing. He's like, I don't even like superhero movies, really. But this one rules. And it's just like, why? Why are right. you tweeting this out? It's all. Yeah, it all it, doesn't it, make sense. It feels very strange. It's almost like they're getting the original influencers, so to speak. You know, Tom Cruise, Stephen King, others that are like... Yeah. Oh, I forgot about yeah. Tom Cruise. Yeah. They're getting something Yeah, and it's like return. you've got Tom Cruise who you could argue is like the biggest celebrity and t and and film right now because of coming off of the success of top gun maverick and getting ready for mission impossible but then stephen king being in the, in the book novel space you know it's always like they're going to these and then people. pope francis they had pope francis um tweet yeah. out that he thought it was amazing <laughs> and he he actually i uh, spent he last, actually blessed it yeah yeah last like, mass last weekend um so his last yeah his last mass was literally all about the flash and how good yeah. it is and how it was <laughs> it was weird it was super weird but man he's into it but yeah there's i don't there's something that's a little fishy about oh, that it's super fishy and none of it none of it is like 
every I don't know. It's, I'm not saying I think it's going to be good, but there yeah. are too many things that I'm like, what are you all doing? Right. Yeah. And so I don't like I am looking like I said, I'm torn because it's one of those that I'm excited to see how it lives up to the, I guess, hype. But also just like overall looks good, but I'm not getting what I'm hearing out of the trailers. Like it's, it looks like it could be awesome, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll wait. We'll just have to wait and see, uh, you know how it turns out. But um, but it's like there there are a lot of really intriguing elements of this, and I think it could end up being a something that's worth definitely seeing in the theaters. So my number two is not going to your Johnny Williams number two pick. Instead, I'm going to. A movie that's coming out on Netflix, middle of the month, June 16th, that's going to be a very busy weekend for new releases across the board, and that's going to be the return of the Russo brothers producing Chris Hemsworth and Extraction 2. Um, we thought he was dead. <laughs> no, I we didn't. I, I, I guess we you should have said spoiler alert. No, we did not think he was dead. I mean, old uh, Rake... Ended up taking in... <laughs> What's his name again? It's like John Ray. Yeah, let, let me actually... I can't even remember. Uh, but let, let me pull that up. But Tyler Rake, that's it. Tyler Rake. Oh, my um, God. One of the most... A fearless black market mercenary. <laughs> the n- most nutty names out there. Uh, but Tyler Rake, he took so many bullets and expl- he survived so many explosions at the end of the first one. I should have said, spoiler alert, but hey... At least he's alive and well, and they addressed that in the uh, first official trailer. I haven't watched it yet. I'm skipping it. I'm skipping um, the trailer. I will say that this is something that I kind of wish came out in theaters. It oh, looks yeah. like it could be a lot of fun. I know the first one, it's weird. It's like it was almost like eating a, an unhealthy meal where it's like it was it was fun, but yet after you just like pooped it out and then you moved on. <laughs> That's kind of, your, it's like you know this is clogging your arteries. <laughs> you're like this is this is still like pretty good. Yeah, the first one's not great, but it was. It is what it is. Like I had fun right. watching it. I don't think Chris takes his shirt off though, does he? No. That pissed me off. Yeah, that made me we, very mad. We even we even did I think a prediction and mm-hmm. we both we always lost. Do. So do you think he's going to take it off in this new one? He's got to. He's I, got I, to I gotta say, he's got to show like the bullet wounds and stuff like that. Yeah, he's he's yeah hundred. I I feel like he's not just gonna take it off. It's gonna happen early, mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, and we he needs to make up for Love and Thunder, which was. Oh my gosh! You know he looked good, but that movie sucks. Yeah, we we need a redemption tour, and hopefully this is it. Yeah, that that should be fun. But there's, I, I don't have a lot to say other than this looks like a fun action movie. Turn it up loud and put it on the biggest screen possible. And let's see Chris Hemsworth survive another uh, massive blast of just everything. <laughs> I hope the movie ends again with him being shot like a hundred times and then he like <laughs> falls into the ocean. And I hope, then yeah. it just hope reboots he- basically into the third movie. <laughs> I hope he like falls from a plane and he's just left falling. And you, or maybe falling from space or in space, and you're just like, <laughs> we don't know. What what happens to Tyler Rake? 
<laughs> well, you're, you get to do back-to-backs because my numero one is actually The Dial of Destiny. Ooh. I had to. I mean, I just, it's the nostalgia, and I, I don't necessarily believe it's going to be as bad as the reviews are so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hope so. Uh, I definitely hope so, that's for sure. Um, it's funny that that's your, that my number three is your number one because your number three is Ooh. my number one. Wow. You were, boogeyman. you were silent enough for me to go, I bet that's on the list. Yeah. And I didn't say anything because I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'll end up, uh, plugging that because that's just where, um, I'm ready. It's funny that we started talking about scary movies at the very beginning of this podcast episode, because I'm definitely feeling that I'm needing something good and spooky in in my life right now. And it's one of those that this movie, it seems to be serious in the tone. And like the reviews are very like, they're mostly positive, but it makes me like really curious because Rob Savage, who also did dash cam and host, he's behind this. And I really liked host. Like host is awesome. That's, that's, that's a solid pandemic movie that was just a lot of fun uh i did watch uh dash cam not too long ago and it was okay i mean it wasn't as good as host but um he really I loves enjoyed these, it. these one word titles yeah so scott beck and brian woods wrote a screenplay for this they're the guys that wrote a quiet place and their draft was rewritten by this uh mark Heyman. And I, I guess all three are credited as screenwriters, but like Beck and Woods uh, are credited as the story writers or whatever. Um, I was reading something. They said this is like their favorite Stephen King story. And they're like, I know they're like, we know that sounds crazy because he's done so many iconic things, but we love like the simplicity of this story. So that's interesting. They're like making hmm. it's a, it's a story that, is I wouldn't say wildly popular uh, among Stephen King fans, and they're turning that into a film. So that's kind of fun. I respect that. Yeah, that is really interesting because I, I mean, with it being such a short, short story, it makes me interested, like, how much could you expand on? Is there a lot to expand on? And honestly, it sounds really weird, and I don't want to give anything away because... Once again, I was listening to an interview that I think revealed a little bit too much. And I found out something a little bit more about the actual plot that to me is interesting, but without giving anything, because I can't say what that is without giving it away. I will say, however, that it does follow suit with some like a trend that we've been seeing. Yes, that was my concern too. I don't know much about the plot, but it seems like grief is something this thing feeds off of, which we've seen five times in the last year. Yeah, and it's it's like, huh. I mean, if we saw this like several years ago, that would have been interesting. But I mean, not saying that it, it could be good, but at the same time, there's like, I don't know. We'll, we'll just, we'll. that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm anxious to see the movie because they are expanding in a big way, but I'm just, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm very intrigued. That's why this movie is number one more than dial of destiny, uh, more than anything. I'm just 
and I know we're getting that getting this movie this weekend and it's coming out the first weekend in June and I'm ready for it. So the things that didn't make my list, I had Extraction 2, uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I actually had Asteroid City by Wes Anderson. Anderson for me has been like a parody of himself <laughs> for quite a while now, but I the, the sci-fi elements kind of intrigue me of that new one. Uh, we have the new season of The Bear, which comes out on Hulu June 22nd. That shows first season is, season is amazing. And then... Albums from Portugal the Man, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Jenny Lewis, Ben Folds, Rancid, Jason Isbell, and the 400 Unit, and then obviously Foo Fighters, which mm. almost was my number three. Yeah, that's where, and that same, it's funny that you say that because I was going to bump up Queens of the Stone Age, End Times, New Roman for my number three. So you almost had that, and then what was the other two music picks? Uh, so you you mentioned Rancid and then Foo Fighters, obviously. Uh, I mean, Rancid would have been wild because I would have been blown away by that. Yeah, one. that w- that was one that I'm like, oh, that's kind of because this is the time that I like to listen to a lot of music, a lot of different music, and yeah. um, Foo is one of those that um, this is. I know we've been talking about this, but now that speaking of grief on. Boogeyman, this is the first one, first album without Taylor Hawkins. And so we keep hearing really good re- reviews about it, but I'm really interested to see what they do with this album. I hope it's good. It seems like it's their most consistent album in quite a while. And it sounds a little more, I don't want to say experimental, but a little more different than I thought it'd be more straightforward. And it actually yeah. doesn't sound that way, but not in a bad way. Like, you could argue maybe their last couple have been. Yeah. It was like a bit of an identity crisis, but I'm excited. I can't right. wait. I, I've loved everything I've heard so far. Rance has been good so far. They're dropping songs that are like 58 seconds long, which is, <laughs> it's, a, I mean, I don't know. It's fun. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. Lots of good stuff in June. And yeah, I'm, I'm ready to indulge in all of it. Well, that's going to be it for us this time, and until next time, keep watching.